Welcome to Chi Alpha at the University of Virginia. This podcast is a collection of messages designed to help you grow in our three anchors of real devotional life, real community, and real responsibility. We hope that you enjoy this message and that it encourages you in your spiritual growth. My name is Pete, and uh, it is my joy to bring God's Word to us tonight. Um, This is my 21st year of leading Chi Alpha here, and so that's uh, probably older than you are. So I've been here since you were born, that's what that means. Um, Let me show you my family, just introduce my family to you. I have three kids, and um, it's my wife in the other hat, and uh, we've been married 23 years. Her name's Amy. And then my daughter, Nevaeh, and she is in sixth grade, so she's a middle schooler, so that's a big deal. And uh, she loves animals, our dog Buddy specifically, and uh, chalk art, because who doesn't like chalk art? And then my son in the middle, Ian, he's a junior in high school. He plays football for Atmore County football team. They won this Friday. Go Patriots. And... uh, and then he uh, also likes shoes, because guys like shoes. Anyways, okay, um, and then Jeremiah is my youngest. He's in fifth grade, and he is uh, a Lego fanatic. Every day he plays with his Legos, and so he loves Legos, and he loves baseball. So baseball is his sport of choice. So that's my family. Enough about me. Uh, this semester, we are going uh, to go through a series that we're calling Come and See. And come and see is a a series to the Gospel of John. And I am so excited to be studying the Gospel of John this semester. And let me tell you why. Because the Gospel of John is going to be helpful and encouraging no matter where you are in a journey of discovering what it means to walk with God and who Jesus is. It's been said by theologians that, one theologian said this, said that John is shallow enough for a baby to wade in but deep enough for an elephant to dive in. And it has this, these multiple layers that if you are new to Christianity and, you, and you're like, I can't believe I'm at a Christian event right now, like this is a, the book for you. You can wade into this and discover who Jesus is. Or maybe you grew up in church and you like memorized verses every week. This is a book for you because you can grow and develop in your understanding of who Jesus is by leaps and bounds this semester. So I'm really excited about this series called Come and See. So that's what we're going to be doing throughout the semester. We're going to be reading about Jesus and coming and see what we learn about him. How many people would agree that there's something exciting about beginnings? Like as you, as you start a new year, maybe you are moving into a dorm, you're just excited about this new beginning that you're getting ready to step into. Would anybody agree with this? And how many people want to get their new beginning started well? Anybody like, you're like, I really want to start well. So it's like you say, so I'm going to bed by this time. And that lasted for like three days, right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> or some of you are like, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the gym. You actually bought new shoes because you, you know, you can't go to the gym in old shoes. You're like, I got I'm going to the gym this semester. You, some of you are like, I'm doing all my reading. <laughs> hey, it's a good goal. It's a good goal. I'm all for studies. I'm all for studies. But there's something about beginnings that are just pregnant with possibilities, and, and we, we hope to begin well. I remember one beginning that I just really wanted to begin well. It was my first day of my professional career. Um, I worked for this blue chip company called McDonald's. <laughs> My very first day, it was a Friday night, 
It was a home football game in my little town in Illinois, which means McDonald's was hopping, baby. They said, take number 112 card, put it in, hit in, and at that moment, my professional career started. And they said, we are going to have you work the wall tonight. I'm like, what's the wall? Well, the wall were, were three boiling hot vats of grease that I would be in charge of. I would make all the McNuggets and chicken and McChickens for this Friday night, okay? My crew trainer, Sean, he said, first thing we're going to do is we're going to make some McChickens. I said, okay. He said, first thing you're going to need is three buns. The bun cabinet's right over there. Can you get three buns? I said, sure can. So as I go over to the bun cabinet, I put my left hand on the bun cabinet and I open it with my right hand. Well, it was precariously placed And as I opened the door, the bun cabinet started to teeter and trays full of of buns come crashing out onto the floor and these metal trays are just clanging and buns are rolling on the greasy McDonald's floor. And I'm like, this is not how I planned it, you know? And I looked up at my crew trainer and I'm trying to laugh it off. And I said, "Uh, Sean, I bet this happens all the time, doesn't he? He said, I've never seen that happen before at all. I'm like, that's not good. (laughs) Well, there's sometimes when you really want to start well and it doesn't go as you anticipate and you make a stupid decision. You put your left hand on top of the bun cabinet. But it's not really that consequential for your lives. But there are other times that the decisions that you make as you begin a season or begin a year That the decisions that you make will be consequential. They will actually set the trajectory of your life. I have a question for you. As you start this year, it's a very simple question. What will you pursue? (laughs) I know that, uh, okay, so I've been here for 20 years and watched for 20 years people go through a beginning of a of a school year, and and I realize that you can sometimes be overwhelmed by all the possibilities of what to pursue. I mean, like, you have to decide what your major is going to be, and you're like, that's kind of scary. And then once you figure out what you're, you made, then you move into dorms and you, and you kind of figure out who your friends are going to be. I remember uh, one student, he was like, I don't even know who to make friends with. And then once, once you start to figure out who your friends are going to be and all the possibilities of, of where you could spend your time, then you go to the activities fair. And there's like hundreds of things you could be doing. And I was actually talking to a, a young lady this week and, and she said, it's kind of overwhelming. And I said, you're right, it is kind of overwhelming, all the possibilities of, of what you could do. And here's the facts Um, you still have to answer the question of what you should pursue. And tonight we're going to look at a story of some young men who are about your age who are in a similar season. They were in a season where they would have to determine what they would pursue. And they made a decision that was one of these, these points in their life that the decision they made got etched into their mind that even as old men, they remember the moment we're going to read about today. Because they realized that it set the trajectory for the rest of their lives. And so if you will, open your Bibles with me to John chapter 1. And John is one of the four Gospels. If you are new to the Bible, it's in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And there's four 
gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter 1, we're going to be in verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. It says this, The next day John was there again with two of his disciples, and this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a very famous prophet in that day, and so he has some of his disciples with him, and he says, it says, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And this was, this was a term that had huge overtones about God's redemptive plan for humanity. So he points at Jesus and says, he's the fulfillment of God's redemptive plan for the world. Verse 37, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Okay. So, so in this moment, they had a decision. What are they going to do? And, and their options were similar to your options. Their first option could be, hey, John, we kind of like it with you. And so why don't we just hang out? We got a pretty good thing going. You're pretty popular. Or could I put it in uh, today's words? It could sound something like this. Um, I'm busy pursuing other things right now. Um, I don't know if you saw my syllabi, but I did. And I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have. That's option number one. Or option number two is what they did. They said, wow, if he's the center of what God's doing in the world, then let's go check it out. And so that's what they did. And that decision changed their life. It says this, verse 30, turning around. So this is what I picture. They go to, to, to check out Jesus and they're awkwardly close. Rigo, if you bring me down just a bit, because I want to need a little space here. Um, so, so, so they're awkwardly close to Jesus, and Jesus turns around and he says, uh, what do you want? Or as the more literal uh, translation is in the ESV, it says this, what are you seeking? The very first words that Jesus, the Son of God, speaks in the entirety of the Gospel of John is he asks a very probing question. And the question is this, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Um, At the beginning of this year, you've been here for uh, about 10 days now. Let me ask you the same question, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? pursuing. There could be many answers. What is yours? Verse 39, they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And I picture this is just an awkward moment. I didn't think they're stunned. He turns around like, "Uh, what are you seeking? And they're like, where are you staying? (laughs) I mean, they've got the Messiah, right, right there in front of them. They don't ask about the meaning of life or anything. They're like, where are you staying? Are you in Hereford or New Dorms or Old Dorms? Or... <laughs> See, they, they didn't really want to know where he was staying. They wanted to know what he was all about and who he was. They, they were wanting to know more about Jesus. And they're like, where are you staying? And I love Jesus' response. And you'll kind of put the two and two together. He says, come, he replied, and you'll see. He says, Come and see. In other words, his response to their question is not an answer. It's an invitation. 
He invites them to join him. He invites them to to merge their lives with him and to follow him and come and see who he is and what he is all about. Come and see. Well, these two guys, it says, so they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him and it was about four in the afternoon. This moment, okay, this is recorded years and years later and they're still like, I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was four in the afternoon. So etched in their mind because it changed their lives. And Jesus gives us the same invitation tonight. He invites you, he invites me to merge our lives with him. And if we will merge our lives with him, he says that there's some really significant things that will happen. In fact, we're going to read about that in the next few, uh, few paragraphs of, of what will happen if we will choose to merge our lives with Jesus. Perhaps you'll remember is about eight in the evening. And Jesus invited me to merge my life with his. Verse 40, it says this, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Okay, so Andrew goes and gets his brother Simon and says, we found, I mean, I kind of picture him a little bit out of breath. He's been right. He's like, we found the Messiah. You guys, you got to come with me. And so Jesus looked at him. So Peter comes, or Simon at this point, comes and Jesus looks at him and he sees something that no one else sees. He says, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Or if I translate it even more, it means rocky. Okay, what is Jesus doing? He meets a guy and he says, hey, your name's not Simon, your name's going to be Peter. Kind of strange. Well, here's what you need to understand. And that day, someone's name was very, very important. They were given a name that would have a, an, an import of what their character was to be. And a sense of what their destiny would hold. And so Jesus looks at this guy and he doesn't see what everybody else is. He sees who God intended this man to be. And he says, your name is Simon, but someday they're going to call you Cephas or they're going to call you Peter, which means Rocky. Here's what you need to know. Simon meant like reed, like one that would be blown in the wind, that would easily conform to the winds of whatever was going on around and it probably spoke of, of the possibility of, of instability. And if you read a little bit, you can see that Peter was prone to that. But Jesus says, you're not Simon. You're not like a reed that will blow in the wind that's, that's prone to being erratic and, and uh, an emotional, um, emotionally unstable. He says, no, you're Peter. You're the rock. You're rocky. In other words, if you follow me, if you merge your life with me, here's a promise that I will change, I will bring transformation in your life. And the guy who's known as being the erratic one, the one that that sways in the wind, he's going to become the one who's known as the stable guy. That if you follow me, I will transform your life. 
And so what we see is, is this invitation to merge our lives with Jesus isn't just an invitation to follow Jesus. Yes, it's that. But he says, here's what will happen. Here's the first promise I'll make. If you follow me, your life will be transformed. As I was preparing this, I thought about my own life. I was, it was right before I went into college that I really started following Jesus. My life changed like Eric's life changed. In fact, so much so that 10 years later, I went back to my high school reunion and I got most changed. <laughs> People couldn't believe it. No one saw it coming. No one saw Pete Bulette being a pastor coming. Not even my parents. Not, my parents didn't see it coming. The only one who saw it coming was Jesus. Because he says, hey, let, let, let's take this guy and I'll do, as he follows me, I'll do some work in him. And I'm like, you, I'm still in process, but I, I'm not who I used to be, right? I'm being transformed into who God wants me to be so I can fulfill his plans and purposes. And that's what Jesus wants to do in all of our lives. He wants to transform you to be who God intended you to be. So you can fulfill the plans and purposes that he has for your life. I was reminded of a story of a, a young lady who's one of our precious alum. And as a first year, it was, she moved in. She came from a, a, a home that was atheistic, did not grow up around faith at all. And she was on her way out one night, and outside of her dorm were these things called s'mores. And she met somebody at s'mores, and she met a core group leader. And this core group leader's name was Amy. And Kara was just really um, impressed by the people that she met. So she joined the core group. And as she joined the, the core group, her, her core, core group leader started studying the Bible with her. And eventually she started to realize who Jesus was and placed her trust in Jesus. And then one time after an M&L, she tells a story about how she left to call her boyfriend. And as she was talking to her boyfriend, he said this. He says, wow, Kara, you are a different person. And she said on the phone, I realized oh my goodness, he's right. I'm a different person. And here's what had happened to Kara's life. She'd, start, she'd merged her life with Jesus and Jesus was forming her into the person that God had always intended her to be so he could fulfill the plans and purposes that he had for her life. And I look around this room and I see other people that I've seen transformed and are being transformed. And I could tell you story after story. The, number, the first promise that we run into, number one, is this. Is, it's the promise of transformation. If you follow Jesus, he'll take you and he will turn you into the person God always intended you to be. So first we see is transformation. The second, the second promise we see, we find in the, the rest of the verses in chapter one. So let, let's hop to verse 43. It says this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the, the one Moses wrote about in the law and, and who the prophets uh, told us about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And I love Nathanael's authentic response. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel, that's okay. Here, okay, Nathaniel was from the city. And you know, 
In this day, great people came from great cities like Jerusalem. They don't come from little podunk towns like Nazareth. I mean, Nazareth had like 500 people or less. I mean, the Messiah came from Nazareth? And then listen to Philip's response. It's going to sound familiar. He says, well, can anything good come from, from Nazareth? And Philip says, come and see. I, I picture him saying it with like a smile. Come and see. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. And so when, when Jesus saw Nathaniel, okay, remember what he did with Peter? He's like, you got a new name. Now listen to what he does with Nathaniel. When he, said, uh, when he saw Nathaniel approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel's like, how do you know me? <laughs> You nailed me. Yeah, no deceit me. And then Jesus says something. Jesus answers this way. He says, I saw you while you're still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Okay, so here's what you need to understand in that day. A fig tree. It was a place where, that was known where someone would go and, and read the scriptures and pray and have discussions about life. And Jesus is saying, Philip, I saw you when you were seeking and searching for truth. I saw you under the tree. And Nathaniel, I remember you said that to Nathaniel. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He says, you saw me under the tree? Wow, I think I agree with Philip. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And then Jesus says this. You believe because I saw you under the fig tree. But you will see even greater things than that. In other words, he says this. I just told you I saw you under the fig tree. And if that blew your mind, if that gives you a faith in me, you're going, you ain't seen nothing yet. He says, I'm just getting started. And then I love this last verse of this chapter. It says, then he added, very truly I tell you. Okay, anytime you see it says very truly or in the ESV it will say um, truly, truly. In the original Greek it's amen or amen and amen. In other words, it's this. What I'm getting ready to say, you can take it to the bank. I'll put a money back guarantee on what I'm getting ready to say. He says, very truly I tell you. Jesus says this, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And any Jewish boy knew this, knew that that was a reference to the Old Testament that spoke of the presence of God among them. Jesus says, in me, heaven and earth overlap. I am the place where heaven and earth overlap. And as you follow me, you will see that heaven overlaps in my life. In other words, I'm the presence of the very God among you. Well, what is Jesus promising here? Jesus is promising this. He's promising revelation. If you will merge your life with me, I, you will see heaven open and you will get revelation about who I am in my glory. And in doing so, you'll learn what God is like. And what Nathaniel didn't know but would discover. And what as we, if we'll merge our life with Jesus, what we'll discover is that there's something so glorious about Jesus that it says that even the prophets weren't, weren't worthy of untying his sandals. And yet, there's something so secure about Jesus that he's willing to wash his disciples' feet. 
There's something so compelling about Jesus that people of high standing and great education will come at night to ask him questions and to learn more. And yet there's something so honoring and gracious about Jesus that he, he engages with sinners and social outcasts. They're going, they're going to discover that there's something so supreme about Jesus that he can walk over a raging sea and yet... There's something also so compassionate about him that he will heal the broken lives he encounters. There's something so sufficient about Jesus that they'll watch him feed 5,000 people with a few fish and loaves and yet there's something so threatening about, about him that the authorities want to kill him. There's something so authoritative about him that he can walk up to a dead man and command him to come back to life. And yet there's something so loving about him that he will lay down his life on a cross for sinners. There's something so victorious about him that he will rise from the dead. And yet there's something so merciful about him that those who fail him, he makes breakfast for on the beach. And there's something so worthy about this Jesus that for 2,000 years that those who understand his glory and encounter him are willing to give it all to follow him even if it means their very lives. Yeah, if you follow Jesus, if you merge your life with him, you will get revelation of glory that you never imagined. So what are the promises if you merge your life with Jesus? The promises are simply this. Your life will be transformed and you will get to see the glory of Jesus and therefore know God. So I have a question for you tonight. What do you seek? As you stand at the beginning of this year, what will you pursue? Let me just ask a question. How's the first week been going? Like for some of you, you, you would say it's been about seeking Jesus. You would say it's been more about drifting. You've got caught into the tide of, of the culture and you found yourself drifting. And if that is you tonight, I would simply say this. I would encourage you to turn, which means repent, turn, and merge your life with Jesus. Others of you, you're shocked you're here. <laughs> like if you'd have told me before moving that I would be here tonight, I would never believe you. And we'd say, we're so glad you're here. And here's what I would say. Will you accept the invitation of Jesus to come and see, to merge your life with him, and to learn more about him, and learn more about God as a result? Well, as I <clears throat> contemplate what John must have been thinking as he wrote this at the very beginning of his gospel, I think he, he must have thought about this moment that he remembered with such crystal clear clarity. He can remember it's four o'clock in the afternoon. And I think he thought back as an old man now writing these words Decades later, thought back about this. What would have happened if we would have not seized the opportunity to follow Jesus? And then he thought about how that moment and that decision that he made literally changed the course of his life. 
and set the trajectory of his life. Will you stand? We invite the worship team to come up. Maybe the singers just stand on the side for a moment. It is my hope that at the end of your college career, you will not look back with regret and say this, how did I end up here? I had such different intentions when I moved into my dorm. How did this happen? But my hope is, is that at the end of your college career, you'll say this, how did I end up here? And the answer would be grace. Grace upon grace. That you would look back and you would see the goodness and mercy of God that brought you there because Jesus invited you to merge your life with him and and that Monday night when this guy by the name of Pete talked about how if you'll merge your life with Jesus, he will bring transformation into your life and revelation. You will encounter glory like you never imagined. And you said yes. And it started this journey of grace upon grace upon grace that you will with great awe say, how did I end up here? We're going to close with a song. And as we sing this song, I would encourage you to seize the invitation to merge your life with Jesus. Come and see. Jesus invites you tonight to come and see and merge your life with his. So if that is you, will you just talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to merge my life with you. I Transform me to make me who God wants me to be. I want to know you more. I want to see heaven open and angels. I want, I want to know your glory. Let's sing in response tonight. So Lord, I pray that tonight, wherever we are, that we would accept your invitation to come and see the invitation into transformation, the invitation into revelation. So Lord, lead us as we merge our lives with you to those two things. In Jesus' name, amen. For our benediction tonight, may God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and turn his countenance towards you. And as you merge your life with him, may he give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's have a great week following Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Chi Alpha at the University of Virginia podcast. For more information, you can visit our website, xaatuva.com. 